and welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And this is another patron requested episode. Uh, we're going to be looking mm. at Judge Dredd for the Super Nintendo. That was their pick. But before we get to that and our patron interview, Billy, what have you been playing since our last episode? Well, uh, it, it's, it, it's stressful out there. It's real stressful out there all year long now. And so I've been still trying to just kind of pick games I can really unwind with, games that aren't going to put kind of any unnecessary stress on me, uh, which is why my play, my <laughs> attempts at playing through Dark Souls 3 that I, were, I was cranking out around February and March, I kind of put on the back burner. You know, I, I don't need, a, I don't think I need, uh, my heart rate doesn't need unnecessary elevation. It's kind of getting enough as it is. Uh, so, yes, yeah, still a lot of Animal Crossing, you know, especially today as we're recording. Uh, we are in the month of June, and, you know, when a new month rolls around, they do it up right on there. There's plenty of fish to go out there and catch, which is my, my passion on Animal Crossing. Love getting out there. I, I think June um, has the highest amount of fish added in since the, the game launched. Uh, what I like to do is I just as soon as the month kicks off, I like to go out there and just just fish like normal, uh, all the different areas, and see what I catch. And then towards the end of the month, I'll kind of pull up a little checklist, you know, see what's what's leaving, and, and try to make sure I have that. So I'm doing that now. I'm just kind of go out there blindly, casting out, and it's got that appeal, just like when you first pick the game up, of casting out there and not knowing what you're going to pull in, and the, the you know the excitement of maybe pulling in something new. Uh, other than that. Uh, just little things here and there. I jump on that old Twitch every now and then and stream some things. And I uh, have been playing through, God damn it, I got that Bioshock collection on the Switch. Um, it, it's, it's my fourth time <laughs> buying uh, this collection of games. I think I now own it on every console I have and on PC as well. And I've been playing through that. I, I figured I, I would justify it by saying I'd put it up on there. I've been playing through that an awful lot. And just, I, I forget. I, as amazing as I think Bioshock Infinite is, and as much as I even like Part 2, I, I just forget how amazing that first game is and, and how just special that game is every time you pop it in uh, and play through. It's one of those I, I could never get sick of it's one of those i could never get bored of i i could probably fucking play the thing back to back and 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 be just fine and be perfectly content and see things i've never noticed before uh which which is what i love about it just all there are so many details packed in that i always notice something new every time other than that, I haven't really been playing anything that's 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 making a lot of waves i did pick up um just like word puzzle game on the switch like high-rise heroes it basically you know you're making it's like boggle almost except it's got a little bit of storyline to it i played through it it's one of those you know spend a few days playing through here and there and forget about it things but that's about it i mean i'm, I'm just keeping it kind of keeping it kind of calm around here well i've spent a lot of time uh finishing things up in the last few weeks i did finally mm. finish final fantasy 7 remake uh, I know I'm the last of the podcast to finish that. I think Jeremy's already finished it three times. Uh, but but I, I did finish it. I did enjoy it. Uh, I can see why people uh, would would be up in arms maybe about how it ended, except that I've only actually played through it two times. And I never remember what happens 
in the game as I play through it. The first time I played it was when it first came out, and then the the second time was was more recently. But I was just kind of like half paying attention while I played through it just to just to play it. So I, I was mm-hmm. still like, was this new? Was this not new? I think I remember this. Uh, but but no, it was it was really good. I like that. I, I did finish Legend of Zelda: Cadence of Hyrule on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that was really good. It was one that I I. I kept trying to play, and I was like, yeah, I get it. I'll come back to it. And I, I never grabbed me till I finally, like, beat my first boss on it. And then I was mm-hmm. all forward. And I finished it that afternoon. Like, what, that morning I finished a boss, and I was like, oh, I see what to do now. And I just focused on it. And then I was like, what other game do I have that I'm close to the end? And I uh, foolishly thought I was really close to the end on Ease 8 for the PlayStation 4. <laughs> Uh, I was at 40 hours, and I was like, yeah, I'm wrapping this story up and whatever. Uh, 20 hours later, I finally finished it. Uh, mm. The end of that game is another. I, and I, I knew this about Ease, and I'm, I'm, I just forget every time that the end of the Ease games, like, always become extremely epic. Like, it doesn't matter how minor the story is that going on. At the very end, you're fighting off gods and stuff. So when you get towards the end of a game, you're like, I think I'm near the ending. Like, sure, yeah, you're at the end of your story about why you're on an island. Now let's talk about how, you know, this somehow ties into the the everyone's existence in the universe and how you have to fight off these you know centuries worth of gods like oh yeah that's right so then it's just 20 hours of combat but it's good combat i did enjoy it and i did finish that up so three three games in two weeks i feel pretty good about that so then i thought what am i going to do to sink all my other time before i finish more games off so i've decided to start playing all three ver- all three games in the metroid prime trilogy so oh, i started metroid prime one i've never even played part two and i've played 10 minutes of part three so i'm looking forward to, uh, to finishing all three of these in theory. Uh, so far, I've put about three hours into the first one uh, yesterday, and, and I'm, I'm really digging it, but we'll see if I can keep that, uh, that momentum going. Uh, but Jeremy, what have you been playing? Uh, you know, I, I kind of mentioned the, the last podcast that I'd, I'd probably start playing Trials of Mana uh, once I finally just kind of got done with Final Fantasy VII again for a second time, and, and I did. And if, if you guys are a, a fan of... Um, uh, Sega Nenetsu 2, uh, then this is really just it, but it is uh, updated into this really cool uh, modern remake of it, and I'm not talking about a Final Fantasy VII style remake. Uh, for as much as that changed everything and, and made an entirely new game, essentially, this is sticking very, very close to that original design, down to the point where all of these maps are literally the exact same. It's just now done in this really nice third-person uh, 3D game that looks like it was made in 2020. It's not anywhere near as nice looking as Final Fantasy VII, but it is. Uh, it's it's just it looks great. It's kind of in in more of like an anime uh, design or whatever look to it. But this plays and sounds and just everything that was great about that game back in the day, uh, and even if you you just now maybe played it on the Secret of Mana collection that came over not too long ago. Uh, this is uh, this is a really great way to experience that game again, uh, because it is literally just a remake of it, and it's uh, I can't recommend it enough, especially for the price. Uh, so uh, if you're if you're a fan of Secret of Mana, uh, you never got to play that sequel that that didn't come here until well until the the Switch Collection came out a few months ago. Uh, then this is a uh, this is a great way to follow that up because it's a really deep game. It's really fun to play. It's very simple for the most part, and it really fixes a lot of things that kind of made Secret of Mana, you know, there were things in that game that just weren't great. Uh, This is the sequel that it it really deserved, and it's a real shame that it never came over here until, like I said, just a few months ago, because it's an awesome, awesome game. And this remake is is just as good and worthy of anyone that loves, that would just, you know, that enjoys a, a good action RPG. 
Uh, but really, that's all I've been playing. Uh, the Minecraft Dungeons thing came out a few days ago, and I played that a bit. It's fun. You know, it's on Game Pass, so uh, if you've got that, you can just download, check it out. It's just a very simple Diablo kind of clone game, uh, even more simpler than Diablo is. And and I, mm. I do enjoy that in, in these, uh, you know, the, for these games that try to copy Diablo and their thing is, well, let's make it more, let's just add stuff on top of it. Um, and to make it just, I don't know, crazier than it already was. This kind of goes the other way. Uh, there's not that much loot. Uh, it's just a very simple kind of game, and it would actually be really fun in co-op. I don't have any friends, but if you got kids or something like that, this would be ideal uh, as, as a nice little co-op game to sit down and play with them. So very unoffensive, very, you know, I don't know if I'd pay for it, but for it being on Game Pass, check it out. I, I actually enjoy it, and that's basically all I've been playing lately. I do have to ask before we get into this episode's game, Billy, you mentioned you've been playing Animal Crossing to fish. I did catch shark today. I'm very excited about that. Yes. Uh, did you happen to go to Harv's Island? I have been for it's wedding season, guys. It is. Come it on. is. There's, get excited. <laughs> I can't imagine it. that I'm going to spend every day uh, going to Harv's Island and setting up Holy people's weddings. Holy shit! Every si- as soon as they told me they're going to be there every single day, my heart sank a little bit. <laughs> Cause, and, 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 and everybody, I love the way things are worded uh, because they can tell that you're probably going to react that way. Because it's like, well, we're going to be here every day. Um, you're going to be, right? And even old Harv's like, uh, you know, if man, if you, if you can, please. Uh, it's basically, it's worded in a way that's not going to make you feel too bad about it. I think the even the fucking AI half suspects. Uh, not everyone's going to make it to this island. Uh, I'll take this event. At least it's interactive. It, it's better than that fucking stamp rally. Um, it, it's not as intrusive as Bunny Day. I love the idea of having events over, you know, on other islands. Uh, it finally makes Harv's Island, you know, more more worthwhile than, you know, just for the, the you know, casting couch memes that have come out of it. Um, uh, it it's okay. I guess I'm going to have to see kind of what kind of i can see uh, basically there is a couple there that it, that is uh every every year on their anniversary they get a, a a photo a wedding photo shoot done today we were recapturing the magic of that first day and we had to have a, a pink and white theme so basically we, you go through your inventory and uh, shit's gonna get real weird eventually um i've got some stuff that uh i don't think is even fit for wedding photography I have not many things that are fit for it. So I, I, there's probably going to be a there's probably going to be a Godzilla in there at some point. I, I don't know where to I don't know where to squeeze him in, um, but it's it's a harmless event, I guess. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm really just keeping all my energy in until the Halloween event rolls around. But it's fine, and, and I am glad that it's it's completely optional. It's something if you don't want any part of it, it's not even going to affect things on your island. So uh, hats off to them on this one. And it might be fun. Uh, The rewards are just various pieces of wedding furniture. Um, I I don't think I will ever be using them. But if I know there is an exclusive piece of furniture in that game that you can't get at any point in time after this, uh, it's going to push me to. I I picked up all those damn eggs. I I will probably try to be there every day. Yeah, I I can see myself doing the same thing. Uh, regrettably, but but yeah, I just to get wedding furniture, I'll never use. It'll sit in my inventory in my house, so I can look at it. Uh, that's or, or maybe I'll just pretend to get married to everyone on my island when I've completely lost my mind. But let's stop talking about doing fake weddings 
with animals on islands. And let's talk about this episode's game, Judge Dredd, based on the movie Judge Dredd for the Super Nintendo. Sorta. familiar with the the character of judge dread i did know this uh to be a comic series uh, just because I, I did a lot of hanging out in the comic book shops uh, in my my very early teens and you know i had a lot of things i read you know i, I have my little list of comics i would come pick up about once a week um different titles and you know judge dread was just one of those uh, that was on the shelf, and it's one of those I, I kind of flipped through. Uh, you know, the stuff inside was always pretty interesting. I don't know what it was. There, there was just something about Judge Dredd that didn't really pull me in all the way. Never really gave the comic a, a fair shake until many years later. I would actually pick it up after the movie. <laughs> um, oh, boy. That film. Uh, you know, it was Sylvester Stallone. At the time that came out, uh, if you saw him attached to a film, you still actually uh, went to see it rather than just chuckled about it. Um, so, yeah, we, we saw that, and, I, God, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but it, it certainly left a little room for improvement. Uh, but it did push me towards going back to kind of look at some of the, some of the, the you know, what it was based upon, the comic book uh, series. And, and still, I still couldn't get into Judge Dredd, the comic. I think there has been another one or two games since then and they tried the movie again i thought with a with a bit more success uh not financially but it was actually a little more watchable this past time uh but this game i had rented um once or twice i want to say this is maybe a single rental which is probably already uh saying more than i need to uh, and played through and i thought it was perfectly fine then uh, but obviously, I never went back to it. I remembered getting serious RoboCop versus Terminator vibes off of it, uh, which was a Genesis game that I, I very highly uh, recommended. So I was eager to go back and, and actually sit down and play through it uh, and kind of kind of see you know how I feel about today and if it matched up to the things I remembered about it. I'm going to be that that guy that's. Uh... That's embarrassed about never even experiencing Judge Dredd before. I've never read any of the comics. I never watched the movies. I never mm. played the games. I've, you know, just kind of you know, offhand seen the comics. And, and, you know, I remember when the movie came out and, and stuff like that. But I have just never been into uh, Judge Dredd or known really what it was about. And I, I never really looked into it. So going into this game was basically my first Judge Dredd experience in my oh. entire life. Uh, besides knowing that um, uh, Sylvester Stallone played in the movie, and that's pretty much it. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I kind of looked at it here and there before we started playing this game just to see what the hell it was it was going to be. But yeah, I'm kind of kind of embarrassed. Uh, I I've never really looked into Judge Dredd. I don't have anything against it. There's no reason I shouldn't like it. 
Um, looks like it's kind of right up my alley as far as things that I would enjoy, but for some reason just uh, kind of was always off to the side, and I, I never really looked into it much. So, yeah, this is a first full-on Judge Dredd experience in my entire life. Got it here at, at the big 41. Well, and I had seen the movie years ago and didn't really remember much about it except that it was Sylvester Stallone. I knew it was based on a comic character, and the reason that none of us are very familiar with him is that up until the Judge Dredd movie, he really wasn't put out in the U.S. Like, they, they didn't, DC and Marvel didn't have a Judge Dredd. DC picked him up for a couple runs around the movie uh, just to, to kind of tie into that. And I guess just didn't pick up. Uh, the movie probably didn't help, but the, the comic just didn't pick up here. Uh, but it's been around since 1977 uh, as part of a comic series called 2000 AD. Uh, the, the person who recommended it, who I did a short interview with, we're going to play in one second, uh, was a fan of the comic. He gets into that a little bit more. Uh, so, so don't feel bad that you don't know a whole lot about Judge Dredd. Uh, if all you knew anyway was the Sylvester Stallone movie, you probably weren't very excited about it anyway. Uh, but let's hear what our patron, Metal Dooley, said about why he picked this game. So you had picked Judge Dredd for the Super Nintendo as, a, as your your choice for a game for us to cover. Uh, none of us had played it before. I think when we first mentioned it, it was one that was at least a little concerning because it's acclaim, but uh, but it's a Super Nintendo acclaim title, and it's not not bad at all, actually. We've, we've quite enjoyed playing it. Um, is this one that you had when you were younger, or did you find this later, or is this one you don't like and you sent it to us because you, you like to listen to us complain about <laughs> games? No, I, I, I had it on the Super Nintendo back in the day. Um, you know, I bought it. When it came out in '95, just after the the movie had come out. So I, I, I'm assuming you you liked the game then, and maybe you were a fan of the movie, or did you really like the comics, uh, which none of us are really familiar with? But I know that the entire you know the the Judge Dredd property is a comic. Yeah, so Dredd comes from a it's a weekly British comic called 2000 AD, which I had been reading for a good few years before the movie came out. Uh, so I was already a fan, and you know. There wasn't really any Judge Dredd games before this one, so it was, you know, kind of a, a, a must-buy when it was released. Uh, the movie itself was, you know, it's okay, but I think it's the one of the few occasions where the tie-in game was probably better than the movie it's based on. Yeah, we, I, I had seen Judge Dredd years ago, and, and Billy's more familiar with it than I am. Uh, Jeremy has still not seen it, uh, but I don't think you need to see it to enjoy this game. I mean, it does... It does follow the movie, but it's not its not like you're missing out. You're not going to not know what to do. It, it's pretty cut and dry, and they do kind of stretch out some of the action stuff so that it makes more sense of a game. Um, uh, what I do like is the the way the levels are designed. It's its kind of short and compact, each level, but they're, they're little mazes. you got to figure out where to go. Uh, it's actually very familiar to a game we looked at um, years ago, uh, Alien 3 for the Super Nintendo, another movie property, actually by the same exact development and uh, publishing team, that, that's very similar. Each level is uh, compact and self-contained, but you're, you have different objectives in each level, which I really like. It keeps you interested in these games, because otherwise, it's a lot of the same kind of levels, but with the different objectives, it feels like each one's new. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, did, I think the objectives, they give you a reason to explore the levels as well because i mean if you just complete the primary objective you could probably blast your way through to the end fairly quickly but if you're going after the secondary missions you you kind of have to explore all the nooks and crannies in each level so it uh, definitely adds to the gameplay i think i do have a, a minor complaint i know we've talked about it uh, before we get to this interview but the 
Uh, did you have any problems with ladders? I, I have major problems making my character go down ladders when I need him to. Yes, that is something I always noticed in the game. He he doesn't respond too well to ladders for some reason. Uh, you know, you have, sometimes you have to press down several times before he'll go down or you're climbing down a ladder and he gets stuck on it occasionally. So it it is an issue, but it, it's not game-breaking, I would say. It's just a minor it, yeah, it's not a game-breaking issue at all. There, are, there were definitely times where I would be trying to duck to fire, and I'd start going down a ladder when I didn't mean to, or I wanted to go down to escape combat, and I would end up just ducking instead and getting shot. But uh, the, the game gives you enough health pickups, and and generally uh, nothing outside of some of the bosses, which are incredibly tough. Uh, at least they do a lot of damage. They're they're not easy, they're not tough once you know what you're supposed to do, but they do a lot of damage when you first find them. That uh, you, you don't take too many damage from the regular enemies. You can kind of have a few mistakes like that and not not ruin your game. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not the hardest game, but uh, it's, it is challenging. Yeah, the bosses can uh, take several attempts to beat because, yeah, they, they do hit you hard compared to the regular guys, which I suppose you only to be expected. Well, it, it's, it's just that with the level design being what it is, the areas you fight the bosses in are, are kind of small, and a lot of the time you just kind of get trapped before you realize you've been trapped, and then you just die real quick. But uh, the game is... is uh, at least let you respawn right where you were and right when you were, so you don't have to start back from the beginning of a boss fight. So as long as you've got a couple lives in spare, you, you normally can get through the first time you get to a boss. You just might die a couple times in process. Uh, yeah, I said, you know, the bosses have a pattern, so once you can figure it out, they're they're not too hard to, to beat, really. So was there, there a mechanic in the game specifically that you really thought was interesting and unique, or just in general, you thought the game was was worth sharing because it's one you you've enjoyed. Uh I suppose I like I like the the option to arrest criminals because you know ultimately Dread is a, a a cop, so the fact that they gave you the option to disarm and arrest criminals instead of killing them was was a nice touch, you know. And if you play around with the the different ammunition you're given, you can actually figure out that different ammo works better on different guys. So like the, the ricochet bullets will disarm most of the basic criminals. Grenades will kill or will make the judge hunters give up straight away. So it's, it's a, there's a little bit of strategy involved in selecting the right bullets for uh, the right criminals. If you want to arrest them rather than uh, kill everyone, which you can do without any penalty. Well, yeah, that's, I, well. I like that there's no penalty. Otherwise, I think this would be more frustrating than it needs to be. But the fact that it's it's nice for score and it's, you know, it's nice to kind of have that secondary objective to try to capture them, you know, for our own personal goals. But uh, it doesn't make you have to read to the level or it doesn't stop your progress. That, that's always nice. Yeah. Uh, another thing I really actually, I, if you're probably not a fan of the comics, you mightn't be familiar with it. But uh, there is stuff in the game that's taken directly from the comics and it's not in the movie at all. So once you beat Rico at the, the top of Statue of Liberty, like that's where the movie finishes. Right. But the game, the game continues on then, and there's like, I think four levels after that, which is stuff that's directly from the comic. That's never referenced in the movie at all. So, I, you know, I think it's nice that obviously someone at the, I think, Prober developers, yeah. someone there was familiar enough with the, the source material that they added this stuff in. Well, that makes sense because I'm I'm pretty sure Probe is a European uh, developer, so that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so 
like, I mean, as I said, they could have easily ended it where the movie ends, and I don't think anyone would have noticed, but it was just a, a nice touch that they included a stuff for the Judge Dredd fans, I suppose, really. I would say, you know, if you've never played it, check it out. It's, it's you know, it's a generic enough movie tie-in, but has enough kind of going for it to make it worth playing, I would say. Um, and I would also say if your only experience of Judge Dredd was the Stallone movie, <laughs> that I would recommend checking out the, the 2012 movie that had Carol Urban in it, called, just called Dredd. Uh, it's a it's a much better movie that had nowhere near the budget, but nailed the character a lot more than the Stallone movie did. Also, so no, no Rob that. Schneider, I'm pretty sure. No Rob Schneider, which is always a good thing. <laughs> so yeah, this game is a Super Nintendo game. We mentioned that it is the tie-in to the movie, uh, more than the comic book, although, as Billy kind of mentioned when we first announced this game, at the start of that portion of the show, uh, kind of. Uh, this game is is two-thirds following the movie, and it does follow the whole plot of the movie, more or less, and then there's some extra stuff at the end that is tied more to the comics, much like what Metal Dooley just told us. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned, Billy, you thought this felt more like, or maybe you remembered it feeling like Robocop vs. Terminator, which we did cover uh, at mm -hmm. one point. I, I didn't get feelings of that as much. What I felt a lot more with this game was Alien 3, and it's because it's by the same people. So this game was developed mm. by Probe, uh, and published by Acclaim, uh, which is the exact same duo that put out Alien 3. Uh, and and if you don't remember that, that game, if you don't remember that episode or you're new to this podcast, basically the, both these games have the same sort of feeling levels. They are, you know, 2D side-scrolling levels, but instead of being... I'm sorry, they're 2D levels, but they're not side-scrollers. Instead, they're almost exploration levels. They're, they're kind of all self-contained boxes with multiple, you know, uh, heights on the levels, and there's ladders or... In, in some cases, ropes or things that go down in between each level, and you have to kind of go back and forth across the map through these little self-contained maze levels. And, and Alien 3 was exactly the same as far as that goes. Mm -hmm. The other thing I liked about this game, uh, much like Alien 3, is that every level wasn't just blast your way to the end, although ultimately both games, that is what the levels were, but they also had these other... Uh, objectives to the level. So you felt like you had actual missions. It wasn't just, oh yeah, I'm going to blow up everything in level and go to the next level, even though some are in fact to do that. But other ones are, make sure you you know destroy all the ammo crates in this game, or uh, make sure you go to all the computer terminals, find all of those and turn off these gates. You know, all these little things you have to do in each level that makes them slightly different, even though effectively, uh, with the exception of one bike level, they're all the same layout. It's those little mm -hmm. self-contained mini mazes. Some are very confusing, some are not. All of them have terrible ladders, uh, but but generally they're all the same kind of level. So it's nice to have those other objectives to break up that kind of gameplay. And and that's exactly what I felt as soon as I started playing this. I was, I, I didn't kind of look at who made this or or whatever anything like that. I just kind of started up and playing, and I was like, man, this this really kind of seems like Alien Three to me. Mm -hmm. And turns out, yeah, it's basically that game. Uh, it doesn't quite have the strict mission system uh, yeah. that Alien 3 has. You know, you, it's still got terminals, uh, but they are more there to kind of check up on where you are as far as, like, what you need to do. Each stage kind of has its own little thing you need to do. To whereas Alien 3, you know, it, it had the hub area, and, like, you selected from several different missions uh, that mm -hmm. you went off and did. This one's very much you, you go into a level, and uh, the terminal's there to be like, hey, you need to, you need to kill these crates, you need to do this. 
Um, and it also has like other things you can do, which is like weirdly you can check on your stats and like your character and things like that, uh, <laughs> which which was funny to me because I was like, I, you know, OK, I get it. You just want to throw some stuff in here on these terminals. But uh, yeah, it's it's very much like that game, the controls, the way the camera moves, the way the character moves, mm-hmm. uh, the combat, everything just kind of feels like Alien 3. And that's not a bad thing, because last time I checked, uh, I think we all really liked Alien 3. Yeah, Alien 3, I think we all enjoyed. Uh, RoboCop versus Terminator, I think, got pretty solid praise from us. Uh, You know, this company, they need to just keep, you know, keep reskinning. Keep reskinning this little system you got going there. Keep throwing those games out. Um, But no, I I, I think um, if you were going to present this Judge Dredd game (laughs) based on, you know, the comic, it's kind of a darker kind of a grittier type comic i always remember that i remember it was in the back of the store which that usually uh, it didn't have a curtain up or anything like that that would be some other kind of reading material which that store did have but it was on this the back was, shelf this was back with like the dark horse stuff in my yeah. oh yeah store. Uh, this was evil ernie was back there hanging out around this area uh lady death you had judge dread yeah it was definitely the uh, the mature comic oh. section um so yeah i think that's just the perfect way to present this game because it works so well for alien three which uh they have nailed how to take these sci-fi uh movie and comic book you know uh, entities and and throwing them into a a game style that worked wonderfully on 16-bit systems i mean both alien three you know a sci-fi film you had your robocop versus terminator you know both kind of you know action sci-fi films and that was based off the comic uh, so yeah, this little this little trilogy of games. This one comes along. I, I can't say I'm enjoying everything this does quite as much, um, mainly because I just I find it a little off-putting uh, the way you interact with enemies on this. And, and I'm not just talking about uh, Jeremy. You didn't see the Judge Dredd film. I can assure you, there is no point in time in the film where where Sylvester Stallone delivered a kick, a high kick. In which his uh, in which his ankle was was basically touching the top of his head. He he didn't dish out many of those. I, I was I was wondering, uh, is there a point also where you actually like shoot enemies in the head or and then uh, arrest them? Like it's, it's... Uh, there there is a system where like he would he would subdue people and then arrest okay. them. But but usually shooting them in the head is not the, you know, that's not the way. To, to normally go about it. Uh, no, and and no one was be- very bullet spongy either. Uh, they, were, they were very human in the amount of shots they could take. I, uh, that's... In, in the movie and in the end, and both in what I recall in the in the comic, it was kind of, you know, one one shot, one kill. Um, yeah. yeah, there was no wailing on somebody, you know, 11 or 12 times. I, I was kind of wondering because, like, it does seem like just about every single enemy in this game. Uh, well, probably, yeah. probably my biggest complaint is that every single enemy in this game takes a lot of bullets. And, you know, and uh, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that's just because, it's, you know, because it's that company where in Alien 3 you're shooting the alien. Robocop versus Terminator, you're trying to take down a Terminator. And it makes uh, more sense in those games because, well, you know. But Judge Dredd is, well, for the most part, until we're thrown a curveball, uh, you're just taking on human beings, which it doesn't quite work in that instance. Well, it, they take a lot of bullets, but we should kind of explain somewhat, uh, you know, the, the tools that you have 
mm-hmm. Judge Dredd. So first off, who who is Judge Dredd? He's essentially it's it's a post-apocalyptic world, and instead of having uh, police force and judges and a whole legal system, instead they've decided that the best way to handle criminals is to have like an elite law fighting force that can decide on the spot based on their own intuition and a loose based uh, set of codes uh, whether or not your offense is worth you know going to prison or being executed immediately. Uh, and they are the judges, and you are Judge Dredd. So as you're going through the levels, and most of them again they're these maze levels. You're kind of trying to find these objectives. Uh, let's talk about the first level. I guess is a good example. Uh, you're supposed to destroy. There's a, a riot in there's a riot in Heavenly Haven, which is where the movie starts as well. Uh, and there is a riot there, so this this does follow the plot of the movie. And your job there is to go and instead of just killing everybody, your main mission is destroy all these ammunition crates so that they they get you know run out of ammunition and the the judges and, and can come in and kind of get order back together. Your secondary mission is to essentially arrest or subdue all of these. Uh, all these gang members or, or rioters. So as you're going through the level and trying to find these ammo crates and destroy them, uh, you can get pickups either from the ammo crates or some of them are just laying on the ground or sometimes when you kill or, or capture an enemy, more often than not, capture does this, uh, they'll drop some ammunition. So you have a, a series of different weapons that you pick up. Uh, you get the regular gun that you start with that has regular bullets. You have unlimited bullets. And those are the ones where it feels like, especially later in the game, you're firing them over and over and over again at guys to do damage while they fire at you over and over again. Uh, not the most exciting weapon, but you always have it. Uh, you can pick up these rubber ricochet missile bullets. Uh, those are what you end up using on most regular human-looking characters. If you hit them with one or two of those, they will immediately give up. Uh, otherwise, when you're shooting them with your regular gun, sometimes they'll die, sometimes they'll give up, and there's no real way to tell. It seems mm-hmm. random, uh, and some enemies never give up as far as I've seen. But but the standard you know, street punks you'll see in most levels, uh, if you hit them with rubber bullets, they drop their weapons and say, oh, you know, I give up, and you can arrest them, meaning that they'll you know, get taken off the screen by this little floating platform, but also they'll sometimes drop health pickups or other weapons. So the ricochet make a... Ricochet missile rubber bullets are probably the best weapon you get for general, you know, wandering through the levels. Uh, You also get grenades, which are exactly what they sound like. You get heat-seeking missiles. They're not extremely great, but they are nice to have. They have a multi-shot option that shoots off several at a time. Armor-piercing missiles, high-explosive missiles, incendiary missiles. uh, All of those seem to me to be exactly the same and only used if you want to destroy anything uh, without (laughs) with extreme prejudice as opposed to having to arrest them. And then the final bullet you get look like these giant round B, it's a giant round circle with a B in the middle, and those are called Boeing bubble bullets. And they're used only for one function that I could tell, and, and I'm sure that this makes sense if you're a fan of the comic. It had absolutely nothing to do with the movie, but when you kill certain enemies that have, like, white flames on their feet as they go around. They look like every other enemy, but they have white flames. They, When they die, like, a spirit comes out of them and flies around the screen, and you shoot that spirit with a bubble bullet, and uh, and it captures them in, like, a big green globe. And I don't know what point that serves. Uh, it definitely <laughs> it definitely doesn't seem to do much other than add your score. Uh, I thought maybe if you capture all of those, you get, like, a secret ending or something. But no, you just you can capture them with those boing-bong bubble things and, uh, and capture those spirits. So you have all those weapons that you're supposed to kind of switch back and forth and figure out which one is the best to take on a specific enemy so you're not, you know, doing that kind of bullet trade-off that otherwise, if you just use your standard gun for everything, this game's combat is tedious and and very, very damaging. Like, things do a lot of damage to you. I can't imagine if you were playing that way, Jeremy, that you didn't die a ton. No, I mean, I did, I but at some point I figured out that I actually needed to switch weapons because there is... 
there are a lot of weapons in this game, and it it, it does do a, a nice job of just kind of throwing those out there. Uh, but it kind of got to the point where I, it kind of had the same uh, issue that something like Zombies Ate My Neighbors had. Like at some point, I have so many weapons that it takes longer yeah. to scroll through them uh, to actually get to the thing that I need mm-hmm. than, than just, you know, I'm just kind of sitting there just chilling or, or taking hits where I'm just like, oh, God, where's the fucking rubber bullets? Where's my where's my lock on bullets or whatever? Um, and and that was my biggest problem with them. There's not that you just kind of got your your one button to scroll through and, and that's it uh, for like the eight or nine or 10 weapons or so that it seems to give you. And that doesn't seem like a lot, but like I can assure you when you're in the heat of the moment and you need to select like two or three different ones of those, or you run out of one, then it does definitely get to be uh, certainly a a little bit more annoying than it probably should be. Well, there are other pickups to help you with that. You do get health pickups that are hearts. You get extra lives. I think you start with three uh, and you can earn extra lives either by picking up the extra life shield or Mm -hmm. if you finish the secondary mission on any mission, uh, most of the time they'll also earn you an extra life. So if you're playing this and you know what you're doing, before you get to where the game gets fairly difficult, and, and we'll get into that shortly, I'm sure, uh, it, it you can kind of stockpile a good amount of lives. Uh, there are no straight continues. However, you do find in uh, at least one level, I only found one, but I'm sure there's a couple of them, there are password disks you can find that will give you a password at the end of the level so you can type in that password and start at that level anytime. Uh, like I said, I only found one of those. I'm sure there's got to be another one that's hidden somewhere I just missed. Uh, I know there's not one in every level. Uh, but but generally, the levels are short enough that you're going to get through two or three in, in a in a fairly easy block before you have to worry about running out of lives or, or hitting a wall. Um, at the end of a bunch of the, the sections of levels, you might find a boss. There's a handful of bosses in the game. I don't want to say they're interesting, but they're all very tough. <laughs> the bosses are very damaging, and if you're not ready for them when you find them, they will destroy you in about three hits. So I don't want to say they're interesting, because they all kind of have this this ability where you have to find them, know what, in, get ready for them, know what weapon you need to have, uh, to do the most damage possible, and then kind of know where to stand to cheese them, because otherwise they're going to destroy you pretty quickly. Mm, and I'm glad that <laughs> I'm glad you're not the only one who had to rely on that. I felt like I never um, honorably <laughs> won a single boss fight in this game. Uh, you can't just stand there and and you know, uh, I guess for lack of a better word, slug it out with them. Uh, you definitely are going to have to cheese through these fights. These boss fights, I, you know, I can't recall any stages, um, really, that I had a lot of trouble with. Uh, these boss fights were like a whole other world as far as difficulty goes. Maybe this explains why there weren't really any boss fights in Alien 3, because this is not where uh, they excel at it. They, mm-hmm. they kind of mm-hmm. excel at... Uh, in, world building and, and having these interesting stages, nice graphics, yeah. good sound, uh, fun combat, things like that. But as far as like actually designing a boss, a lot of, a lot of these really just kind of fell flat as, you know, it's, it's more or less just pumping as much, uh, special ammo as you've got into them and, mm-hmm. and hoping you find a spot that where they can't actually hit you. And I don't, you know, this is judge dread for the super NES. I can't imagine too many resources went into this game to make, but, <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, you know, for what it is, I, I, there was never a point in this game where I was playing through it where I wasn't just like, you know, this is just horrible. Um, and I think we played more than enough movie-based video games over the years to be, you know, that by itself is enough of, of a surprise. Um, and I'll admit when Judge Dredd turned up for this one, I was like, oh, my God, what are we going to get here? <laughs> 
But uh, I was, even with the bosses being like they are, I was pleasantly surprised throughout just how, you know, how long this game is, how how much, uh, you know, it does kind of run out of things to do as far as like, you know, giving you missions and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I, hell, if I was a Judge Dredd fan back in the day and I got this game on the Super NES or Genesis, I'd fucking be like, damn, yeah, this is pretty, pretty decent. Mm-hmm. And that's high praise, really, <laughs> that we got a movie tie-in game here, and we are a, a you know a movie slash comic tie-in here, and it's 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 a longer game. Like Jeremy said, it has uh, a surprisingly, it's a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. But there wasn't a point in time. I, I, I will say there's, I feel it drags a little bit, but there's no point in time where I was like desperately bored and let's get this thing over with uh, there wasn't a time like that which I, that is uh, that is very very high praise indeed it may be the highest we're able to give a game and yes we would know I think at this point in time I think we can be considered uh, authorities on, on, on you know horrible games I think there are two parts to this game that we can all agree that kind of came out of nowhere yes and and that are you know, as much as whatever we've just said applies to the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These other two things <laughs> that we're going to get into either now or eventually, those are the things that kind of made the game for me, for better or worse. It's it's such just a, it, it was a complete delight to see what, what this game threw in at a couple of points. Well, it, it and it does that uh, to keep it moving. So like we've said, there's, the levels are all more or less the same style of level, these these kind of large rectangular maps, essentially, but you are, are going back and forth throughout the map, up and down different ladders through these kind of, of sideways mazes. And and at first, you're, you know, you're like, okay, this will be fun. I'm doing it in a city. And then you're doing it in a sewer. And then you're doing it, you know, and all the, they all look <laughs> kind of like these post-apocalyptic mess areas. And then at, at a certain point, and this is spoiling the movie for anybody, but I don't really care. At a certain point, <clears throat> after the first two areas, Judge Dredd is framed for the murder of somebody uh, they, they have a good explanation for it in the movie, I guess, uh, but the game does explain it pretty well, too. Uh, and, and you're framed for murder, and they send you off to a prison planet, but on the way to the prison planet, your ship crashes, and now you're doing the same sort of levels, but they're all outside in, like, this uh, kind of Mad Maxi-looking world, which I really like, too. Like So it, it, it breaks up not just the fact that the levels are all the same, but it breaks it up with the setting. And when you go to that the outside Mad Max area, then therefore they can have kind of more tribal enemies instead of just having a bunch of gang members or robots or mm-hmm. whatever. And then... You kind of go back to this, this, uh, the, the, these sewer levels and these industrial-looking levels. Uh, at a certain point, there is, and I think this is one of the levels you're talking about, Jeremy. There is a, a fully mode seven 3D bike level. Oh boy! You know the yep. kids, they love that mode seven. Uh, well, I, I think it was a requirement. It had to be a requirement that you had to put this in there uh, for Nintendo to immediately, no matter what else happens in your game, they're going to approve it. They're going to give you that seal <laughs> of approval because you have Mode 7. And the bike level is, one, completely unnecessary. It is not needed for the story <laughs> at all. Like, you're trying to escape uh, while these judges chase you, and you're supposed to you know fight them on these motorbikes. But you're going towards the screen, so there's not even <laughs> really any steering. You're just kind of trying to avoid them. And kicking left and right, kind of like the world's worst road rash copy. But meanwhile, you're also firing behind you. And there's no, there's no, it didn't make any sense. It just felt like it was this, this tech demo or or at least like an idea. They're like, let's finish this level, but here's what we're going to put in there for now. So we remember there's a 3D bike level. And then they never went back to it. It, it is unnecessary. Well, I mean, they, they didn't have any assets 
to rip off from previous games. Uh, you know, Alien didn't have a didn't have a, a big dramatic, you know, motorbike scene in it. One thing I will tell, give the motorbike scene, aside from the fact that it, it is uh, very easy. Like, I thought I died the first time, but it's like, no, you, you made it. Like, what? Okay. Like, <laughs> I got hit a bunch and it ended. It was like, yeah, you made it. Like, all right, that's that's great. The music there is one of the few times the music changes. That is a complaint I have, although it's not a major complaint because I don't think the music is bad, but the music is completely forgettable. It is monotonous in the background. It's fine for what it is for it to be a post-apocalyptic battle game it needs music kind of like this but uh mm -hmm. it, the bike level is the only time that music really really kicks it up to the next level for the 13 seconds you'll be in that bike level <laughs> it just it comes out of nowhere and and of course when it, it pulled up and it was mode seven you had the the cardboard buildings kind of scrolling um and and you were shooting behind you i was like this is just perfect i love this uh this is uh it is not it is not good, but it was just, you know, you're playing this game that is it's based off the movie and it's it's been going along for it's kind of the same for the longest time. And then you get your mode seven stage. There was that at some point that I was like, man, I wonder if there's like a mode seven stage. And then it popped up and I was <laughs> so excited to see it. Apparently you willed it I, into existence. Yeah, I, apparently I, I unfortunately, I guess the the Genesis, uh, the unfortunate souls that, that played the Genesis version did not get to have this this oh, mode I seven I don't stage. Know if I, I don't know if I'd say unfortunate. No, I um had actually there was uh I, well, I was going to say miscommunication, but obviously it was just me not paying close attention. I began playing this on uh, the the Genesis version of it, um, which it, it plays pretty identical. I do want to say uh, the Genesis version. I actually give a slight nod. In, in the sound department, much the same reason as RoboCop versus Terminator, I find that the Genesis um, is able to, to you know, for a, a game that's supposed to be kind of dark and gritty, I think the Genesis gets that sound across uh, just a little bit better. Take that how you will. If you want to take that as a compliment, take that and run with it. Um, but no, I... I was really impressed with the sound on the Genesis. Uh, Super Nintendo, obviously, a little bit more of a looker. Uh, the thing is, on the Genesis, motorcycle scene is in, but it is made in a, a side-scrolling, almost like a, a space shooter type style, uh, you know, where you're, you're mainly just moving up and down. You can move left and right a little bit as you want, just, you know, kind of dodging that way and shooting much. Uh, it makes a lot more sense. You actually, you're moving forward the whole time, and you can see where you're moving towards. Uh, I, I did enjoy the way that was done a little bit more. It did not get the uh, the the laugh out of me that Mode 7 always does. Something about that Mode 7, it lifts your spirits up a little bit until you start playing it. Uh, but yeah, that's how the Genesis uh, kind of got that one done, and that was the only major difference I really think that version had to. Well, the bike section's right before what I thought was the end of the game. So in the movie Judge Dredd, he doesn't have this crazy bike scene, but he does go to the Statue of Liberty where there's a secret lab underneath it, and he fights the, the person who's framed him. 
I, I don't know why I'm trying not to spoil Judge Dredd, but I certainly am not. A anyway, so the last fight of against this person, the, the act that would clear your name, happens at the Statue of Liberty in this game as well. Uh, that's the first time I really had a problem with a boss. Like all the other bosses, I could figure out how to cheese pretty easily. Uh, this boss was very difficult, but I did get through it. Uh, but but I, then I expected at least like a, a kind of a mini ending. But no, instead it's like, all right, well, you took him out. So here's some other things to do. And for yeah. the, the next third of the game, like the final part of the game, you go through levels that feel and look exactly like where you've already been. There's different stories to why you're doing them, but it's the same graphic you know, set of, of graphics they would have used for the sewer. Mm. Now it's being used for a different sewer or for what before was a prison is now a lab. Like they don't, they don't go crazy with, with the backgrounds. It feels like you're using all the same assets again to go through some harder levels uh, yeah. until, uh, until you get to the last level of the game. This is a big until. <laughs> God damn. It's almost like Judge Dredd is, is teleported. I think I said to the damn set of, of Army of Darkness, there for the end of the game. Yeah, and they explain it with a story, and and I I do believe that this is a, t a tie into the comic line. I guess mm -hmm. I, I don't know for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, when well, I... I to an extent, I do remember, and like I said, the beginning, not uh, a lot of memory of the comic. I, I do know there were dark, I think dark judges, and I knew one of them was a, a skeleton in a judge outfit. So I, so I'm assuming this is loosely. Based on it, the only trouble is, and I guess it's not titled, you know, Judge Dredd, the, the movie, the game, uh, but God damn, everything else up to that has followed the plot of the film, you know, fairly tightly. Uh, you got your Stallone likeness on there. You didn't have Rob Schneider, which I, I take issue with that. I think they, they really missed out on something there. Um, but yeah, everything else is following it. So it's, it's just incredibly jarring. And, you know, I thought if it would have ended where we assumed it was going to end, that would have been a pretty good length for a game. So I, I don't know why, unless they just, it was really in their heart to get this bit in there. Yeah, I, I was like, I knew it was kind of from what I had done as far as like research goes into the movie, which this game is obviously based off of, no matter what else lies beyond that, this game is based on the movie that it, it should have ended there at the Statue of Liberty stage. And then it just kind of went on, and I was like, well, this this game is very long. And that's another one of my complaints with this game. It is maybe just a bit too long, along with Alien mm. 3. That game was a long, long-ass mm -hmm. game, and it shouldn't have been that long. Mm -hmm. But I was like, are these, like, bonus stages? Am I just, like, playing through, like, stuff that, that just kind of goes on or whatever forever? But then <laughs> that last stage hit, and I guess you're going after after Judge Death. And when it spawned, you, you go through a portal or something as far as like what the story tells you. And then you spawn into that stage. And I laughed so hard. <laughs> I like it. I just basically just started laughing because I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It is literally you are in like a demon world with a fiery background. You're, you're walking over like a, a path made of bones. Uh, there are castles. <laughs> And, and you're fighting like skeletons and ghosts and it's just like what the fuck happened like am i playing the same game like it's so out of nowhere because up to this point in this very long game we have been playing the most stereotypical kind of post-apocalyptic stages you know sewers badlands 
cities, rundown cities, all these labs, everything. And it's over and over and over and over through multiple stages. And then all of a sudden you get to this and it's, it just blew my mind that this is so out of nowhere that I, I, it honestly took the game up like a notch for me because I, I could not believe that they just went with this out of nowhere for the last mm-hmm. stage. Well, and it being long, I mean, from my playthrough to get from the start to where you, you fight in the Statue of Liberty, it was about two hours. I mean, you could blow through it faster, but two hours was a very casual, like, I explored every piece of the level that I could, and uh, I, I may have done some safe stating here and there just to get through the, the levels without having to go back four levels when I don't have a password, but I generally, like, two hours was a, a pretty solid playthrough to get to that point. I think if it would have stopped there, it was a tad short. Like, if I would have bought this, maybe I would have been disappointed. Although, without the ability to do those save states, I don't know how long it would have taken me to really get that good at this game, especially with some of the boss fights, uh, to, to get to the end. But still, it would have been, like, a perfect rental length. Like, if you rented this game and you knew it was two hours long, if you could get from start to finish once you knew it, you, you could fumble around with the whole weekend, and then when you did know it, you could still rent it again, beat it in a couple hours, impress your friends, and move on. But then, yeah, the game goes on for another almost hour and a half or so to get to that last level, which is worth seeing, because the last level does kind of come out of nowhere. It still plays the same, but it looks completely out of <laughs> out of left field. Uh, and, and even the, the very end of the game is kind of like, all right, well, that's over, and now you're Judge dreading it. Isn't that awesome? Like, the ending just comes at, at you at the end of it. Uh, I have to say, for a movie tie-in, and this is definitely a movie tie-in, in the manual there's pictures of Sylvester Stallone. So it's not like this was a game that came out to take advantage of the property that had nothing to do with the movie. This is a movie tie-in uh, release. It's good. I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed this game. I think it, it does feel, much like when we played Alien 3, the same way I felt, where I thought it was a tad long, but really good, like a solid, uh, a solidly put-together kind of perfect rental game and i think this meets that same requirement the levels are short enough you can you feel like you've made progress even if you die a bunch you still feel like you made progress and then you can blow through those levels again because you've mapped it all out in your head already uh the previous six times you got to it so uh, you know this is this was a good pick i, I was very glad we got this one uh you know i i might even try to go read some more uh, actual judge dread comics i know they're still going on today i found a couple uh uh, a couple panels, a couple pages worth to check online just doing a Google search, and it wasn't bad at all. So I'd, I'd like to check that out to see. Maybe that'll explain those last few levels for me. Uh, this was definitely one that I was uh, I was dreading. Did you catch what I did there? Oh, I, did. I, I picked it up. Oh, yeah. So I was not... Uh, we're not, we're not going to judge you for that pun, though, Jeremy. Oh, well, feel free to at any rate. But yeah, I, I was not exactly looking forward to this one because... Again, I have nothing to do with the the actual source material. I didn't know the movie. It just kind of looked like one of those very bland movie-based Super Nintendo games that we it was a dime a dozen back in the day. And I think one of the thing that things that elevated Alien Three to something above average was it did a little bit more than just being average. Uh, it, it, that's kind of what this game does as well. It's uh, it's good at what it does. And and I enjoy the the action from Alien Three, and it translate translates perfectly well here. And once you figure out like switching to the, what weapons you need and and what does best for certain enemies, and there's a lot going for it. Uh, it, it it amazes me how even just adding like a terminal in in a stage and and having like uh, primary and secondary missions can actually make these games seem much more or less tedious than what they probably actually would be if that wasn't in the game at all. Uh, so this was this was a nice surprise for me, 
and and those two sections that mode seven stage and especially that last stage just it was mm, just perfect just it it got it right there where i needed it to be <laughs> i i need that stuff in video games like i just love when video games like go crazy mm-hmm. and uh, yeah that yeah that when that last stage popped up probably the best thing that's happened to me this year so uh yeah great great little movie movie based game uh if you're into judge dread and i can especially think if you're if you were a fan of the character in the comic books and especially if that stuff towards the end makes sense in a comic mm. book way, uh, then yeah, I, I could see where you would really enjoy it. And, and I, I did enjoy my time playing the game. And I really don't have uh, anything uh, too awfully bad <laughs> to say about this one. I think, God damn, I think we've been pretty kind this time around. I, I just, I wish there were more games like this. Like, uh, I mean, I'm going to, this is right up there. I said that trilogy of games, that alien three, Robocop versus Terminator and Judge Dredd holds its own. I, it's just, it, it, Jeremy said it best. It does what it does really well. I, it's not a deep game by any means. There, there's not a lot of complexities to it. It is a pretty simple, you know, go shoot this thing, uh, you know, go shoot that. Uh, boss fights are a, a whole, whole other level of difficulty. Um, I'm sure if I got out there and watched a video, there are people that have mastered those. Uh, myself, though, I, I took the cheap route on all of them. Uh, but yeah, the, the motorcycle area, uh, while, while off-putting and, and while just difficult to tell just what's going on, it, it's not bad. And, and if, if, if anything else, uh, it'll provide a, a brief bit of levity while you're playing through. Uh, if you're anything like me and you just think it's hilarious every time they shoehorn that mode seven into a super Nintendo game. Uh, and like, and I got to agree with Jeremy, the, the, that change at the end, that, that change of tone of the game completely, uh, after what you thought was going to be the end, uh, it, it is jarring. Uh, it, I, you know, it, it makes a little more sense when you know, there's a, a comic, origin to that uh, and I, I guess they're just throwing out there a little bit for everybody uh, but it was one of those things where I immediately had to pause the game and, and, and give the screen a good look you know just a good look over I had to get in my head what was going on where we were now and I picked it back up and, and I continue to enjoy it uh, it's just great it, you're fighting flaming skeletons and little ghosts <laughs> <laughs> this is like a bonus stage that they just shouldn't even be in the game. Like this is like this is a, it's like it should have been a, a dream. Like this is a judge Judge Dredd goes to sleep, and this is like a little dream mini stage before you pick back up.
So that's our thoughts on Judge Dredd, a game uh, based on a movie that you probably can skip completely and still enjoy the game. Uh, but again, it was a patron request, so thank you again, Metal Dooley, for picking this one. And if you want to have a cover game that you really, really want to hear about, the best way to do that is the way that he did it, by joining our Patreon. Uh, they, the, the link is in everything we do, including the description to this podcast. Check it out for two free episodes a month, uh, and you get to eventually, if you come in at that at the uh, Super DX Retrovaniac, two turbo rank i don't know remember what i named it uh, but you can make us pick your game as well that's what he did and again thank you for doing so uh you can also if you had an you just a question you you knew we had the answer to or maybe you just wanted to know our thoughts on something you could send mm-hmm. it through patreon and that's a great way to do it but if you didn't want to use patreon you could always go to retrovania.net where there is an amazing question mm-hmm. form at the bottom where you can you can put in anything you want you can make up your name you just go crazy send it to us and we'll read it on the show most likely like we're going to do right now yeah and uh our first question here from scarcrow 255 uh, is actually gonna do that and he's writing in about a, a chance of us playing a certain game Hi, guys. I really like your show, and it gets me through the long and shitty days at work. Mm. I especially like the episode Super Black Bass. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I need to start. Uh, we need another damn fishing episode. <laughs> we have two. And we have two fishing episodes. We have episodes. two. <laughs> yes. We need but, another damn fishing episode. But thank you, Scarcrow, for being the only person that liked the Super Black Bass <laughs> episode. <laughs> And also the the only person that liked the Mansion of Hidden Souls episode. Hey, uh, put me in, put me in touch with this person. Yeah. So uh, the question is: Is there any chance of you guys covering Full Throttle? Thanks in advance. I mean, there's always a chance. Like I just said, the easiest way to do it is if you join our Patreon. You can force <laughs> us to cover Full Throttle. But also, I I like games like that. I like covering games that are are a little different than the side scrolling shooters or you know run and gun shooters or anything that, that would be the standard, you know, Metroidvania kind of style game. So mm-hmm. I like things like that. Uh, I would definitely be interested in, in doing that one again at some point, uh, playing that again, I mean, at some point. But uh, but the easiest way to do it, join our, our Patreon. Though I, I do really like those episodes when we when we cover an adventure game. We haven't done too many of them. You know, we did Mansion of the Hidden Souls, which I was probably one of my favorite episodes as far as like. That's right. Uh, a as, game far as, as far as the game we played being uh, wonderful. Yeah, I, I was completely just, it was one of those things I didn't think I'd like at all, but I, I did enjoy playing it. I thought it made for a good podcast that, you know, mm-hmm. when we did Grim Fandango, it was, uh, oh, yeah. there's something just fun about doing those adventure game podcasts to me. So uh, hopefully here in the future, you know, I, I know full throttle. I've never actually played it, believe it or not. I don't know if you guys have played Full Throttle. Anybody? I have. I've played Full Throttle. I didn't finish it. I I did play it though. And there is a current kind of remaster that that's literally just a graphic remaster. The game's exactly the same, so it, it's an easy one to find. Uh, maybe that's a good bonus show for some point. I do. I'm always looking for good bonus show titles that are something a little different. Maybe that's a good one for that. Yeah. So I, I haven't actually played it myself. It did be fun. I know of it, and it looks really cool. Uh, so I, I would totally be down for that. Uh, anyway, thanks for writing in, Scarcrow. And next up comes uh, from Brandy J, and he's writing in about gaming in the pandemic. Hey, podcast guys, writing in to thank you for all the work that you put into the podcast and also ask about how you've all been coping with this pandemic that's been going around. There's been barely any mention of it on here as far as I've heard, but I'm just wondering if it's drastically changed up how much time you have for actually playing these games or the podcasts. I'm sorry, for the podcasts. 
or if your daily lives have plunged into a dark madness from all of this. <laughs> Thanks again and stay safe out there. Well, you know, I think that's the good thing about our lives being in a, in a, a dark madness before all this started. Uh, it's hardly noticeable, but no, I, I don't know about everybody. I don't know about the rest of the guys here. I just, you know, I, I, I don't think we, I think we actively don't try to mention, you know, too much about all the negative things taking place. Cause I, uh, one thing I listen to podcasts for, unless it is a news podcast, uh, it's, it's for a means of escape and a means of just entertainment, something I can uh, shut my brain off for at least these serious, the serious portions of my brain. I can kind of shut it off uh, and just kick back, kind of forget everything going on uh, and just, just escape into something for a little bit. Uh, that's, that's the main reason I try not to talk too much, uh, you know, about things like that. Um, but, but for me, not much has changed. I, I, I do work in the medical field. So for a while there, I, uh, while a lot of people were, were kind of out of work. I was, God, I was busier than ever <laughs> for a long stretch. Um, and it's only been recently uh, that I have not been working. So actually my, my daily routine, and I'm not a big, you know, go out and do things guy. I'm not out and about and all the time. So my routine really wasn't changed uh, that much. You know, I know friends and family that, you know, their lives have been completely turned upside down and the way they, the way they do things and the way they work and the way their kids go to school. Uh, for me, not a lot really change. I do feel very lucky in that respect. Um, as far as how it's affected my video game playing, uh, it's, it's, it's opened the doors up a little bit more, especially now. I, I'm out of work briefly, uh, and that has certainly uh, kind of opened the floodgates. Uh, but the only thing coming through those floodgates is Animal Crossing, for the most part. Um, so I, I think I can credit the, the pandemic with allowing my island on Animal Crossing to make it up to four stars as we speak right now. Wow, that's impressive. I'm not at four stars yet, but I also have two children that are playing Animal Crossing with me and are filling my island with trash at all times, so I'm never going to hit. <laughs> I got my three stars so that I could get KK to come, and now it's just a lost cause. They, they've decided they want to build their own museums all over the island, so they just throw stuff everywhere for people to look at. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. So, uh, But as far as my, my gaming time, I uh, yeah, I, my life was changed slightly because I do have two kids who are not in school. I have to homeschool them. Uh, because their, their schools are closed, not because I want to. In fact, as soon as schools are open, I will send them back. <laughs> I dislike homeschooling immensely. Uh, nothing nothing against people who do it. Good for you. I am not that person. I don't have that patience. What do you – I mean, what is this? I don't – I don't have kids. Like, do you actually have to like sit them down and open books or do they have like a curriculum that they, they follow? I, none of this is, is anything I know. Our school district uh, basically puts things online and their teachers set up like every week. There's 17 things you have to do. And as long as they're all done by the end of the week, uh, you're good to go. But I feel like generally they can blow through that in about six hours total. So then what do you do with the rest of the week? Uh, and the answer of let them play Roblox for eight hours is not working. My wife is not a big fan of that plan I had. So now I'm trying to find things for them to do uh, along with getting those things done. It, it's fine, but it means I can't 
just totally turn off and play a video game, although this last week I did finish three fairly long games, so what do I know? Uh, it, generally, though, for gaming, it has not changed much. Uh, I, I'm home all the time, and because we're talking about retro games, and games either most of us own or have access to in some fashion, uh, we're never going to run out of games to talk about. Even if every game stopped being created, you couldn't go to stores, we would have still like two million games in our backlog. So it, it has worked out very well for that purpose, and, and again, I have had... Uh, I've got like 100 games on all the current systems that I bought at some point, even if some are $1 games. or yeah, But I have a bunch of games I bought on all these systems that I've played little bits of here and there, or games I was like, yeah, I got this for free, like the, the free you get from PlayStation Plus, and now I'm finally going back and playing them. So uh, other than giving me more time and forcing me to stay at my house, it has not changed a lot for my gaming time. That's, that's about the same for me. Uh, I, I don't have any kids, so I don't have to worry about that, you know, the whole homeschooling stuff. But uh, I think the the whole pandemic is probably a good reason why I beat Final Fantasy VII Remake twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, having the time to play that, of course, you know, everything else kind of sucks. But the one plus is having that extra time to, to be able to play a lot of these games that I wouldn't be able to put a lot of time into otherwise. So I, I think that's kind of the thing for most people. But um, I, I don't know. I, I, there's also a lot of people that that do actually have to work in this. Uh, mess, you know, essential employees and things like that. And up until recently, Billy was also an essential employee. But that's uh, right. Uh, you know, he had to deal with that stuff. So for those people, I I can imagine it just makes things that much more stressful. And and either maybe coming home and playing games isn't what you want to do, or is what you don't want to do. I I don't know. So anyway, uh, thanks for writing in, Randy. Uh, we are still playing video games. If that's what you want to know. That's right. Uh, uh, next next question is short and sweet from McKellum. Are you guys ready? Sure. Yeah. Top top three fast food breakfast items. Go. Oh, uh, this is my this is our podcast. <laughs> this is the best. So my favorite, <laughs> if I have to go out uh, locally, because I, I my favorite of all time is easily the Bojangles breakfast spicy chicken sandwich. Amazing. But there's not one that's really close to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's my number one. If I have to go, then number two because it's local. Even though it's kind of the the standard breakfast, I will. I, I love a standard mm-hmm. plain egg McMuffin. Uh, McDonald's and McMuffin. That's a great one. And then if I had to go number three for breakfast sandwiches, I love a croissant, but I don't like the Burger King sandwiches because they're gross. So instead, if you go to Dunkin' Donuts, they have a really good bacon, egg, and cheese croissant sandwich. There's my top three. Oh, boy, this is tough. My first and foremost uh, is the, yes, uh, head down to Bojangles, the Cajun Filet Biscuit. Oh, I like to get so mine good. with a slice of cheese on it. Oh, that's that's blasphemy, but I'll give it to you. It's breakfast. You can have it. Cajun filet with cheese. Um, otherwise, god damn. The uh, <laughs> I love uh and I don't get them too much because you know I, I try to I try to extend my life as much as I can. I love that damn McGriddle. Uh I, that damn sausage and egg McGriddle. I, I, the McGriddle is the one where essentially it's sandwiched between uh, two pancakes. Am I correct? Yes. Like, it's it's yeah it's like it's yes. like a, an egg yeah. muff, like a muffin but with <sighs> syrup in it. I love that goddamn McGriddle. Uh, the first time I had one of those, it was an in service at one of my jobs, and and you know sales representatives will come in, and you know you got the guys that bring the big things like coffee in, you got the guys that bring in, you know the fucking uh, donuts and all that, and the muffins. Well, this one guy he strolled in with this McGriddle, and it changed everything. For me, absolutely. 
everything. I, I could not believe it. Um, and God, a third, you know, because I don't make it out. I'm usually working <laughs> while this is going on. Um, those those Chick Fil A, those little chicken minis, those rank high with me. Uh, just the, the the plain old egg McMuffin, egg and cheese McMuffin. Oh yeah, that's uh, what I do it. A double a double shot at McDonald's. Uh, yeah, um, I know I just listed four. Um, you know. But definitely the Bojangles, chicken filet, Cajun filet, slice of cheese added to it. If you're feeling wild that day, I understand some people might not. Uh, that oh god, that sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle, and then you know <laughs> I, I, I put the other two up there. I'm probably going to have to go with the standard cheese and egg McMuffin. Two of those I can get at one place, so that's very and usually do. So that's very fortunate for me. I will tell you to stay away. From that Taco Bell breakfast. Do we have a moment for me to, to get a little sidetracked? Right. Go, go for if it. If it's about breakfast my, food, certainly. Well, my son, uh, he he talked a good deal. And he had to be, uh, this was several years back now, when, when Taco Bell breakfast was coming. And he told me, you know, the first day it comes out, we're getting up early. We're going to be there first thing. Well, first, so I, and I'd heard so much about this. Something in my brain snapped. As a parent, you get to that point, especially around Christmas time when kids are like, we're getting up early, we're getting up first thing. And you, at some point in time in your head, it's like, yeah, fucker, we're getting up early. Just you wait. Uh, so, yeah, I had him up far earlier than he needed to be. I think I, I got him out of bed about five. And I told him, you know, you want to be the first one there. We're going to get there early. We get there and we order whatever shit they had on that menu. He, I got the most, uh, I got the tamest looking thing which was essentially a tortilla with egg in it, egg and cheese. I was like, all right, this, this can't be messed up. Surely not. It's pa- it was powdered eggs, clearly. I know powdered eggs when I see them. Uh, and, and people at cafeterias always get angry at hospitals when I point out it's powdered eggs. I, you know, <laughs> we all know it's powdered do eggs. You, do you actually like sit in line just like, those are, those are powdered eggs? Well, they gave them to me. I, I clearly remember I was at a hospital I had an assignment at, and they, they give me a helping of the eggs. And, and, and I, I went confrontational. I was like, huh, powdered eggs. But I guess I said it out louder than I intended. You know, and the lady's like, oh, those aren't powdered. And I said, you know, I, I know they're powdered eggs. I'm not saying it bad. Don't, you know, you don't have to get defensive about it. Um, why the fuck can't you cook up real eggs, though? Uh, it's not... Shit, I can go right now before we get done talking have two two scrambled eggs fixed for you. But we get there. I get that. He gets the most extravagant breakfast items. I can't remember what this shit was. It looked nasty. The picture even looked nasty. The one they take the time to style and, and, and photograph just right so it looks appetizing. It looked nasty. It comes out to him. He takes a bite and he just turns... Not that he was one with a deep tan anyway, but he turns pale white, <laughs> white as a sheet. Uh, and it's for two reasons. One, because that was nasty. And and I could tell it was dry as could be. And two, I think the other reason he had turned so pale was that he knew he was not going to be exiting that car until he downed every bit of that breakfast. Um, which he did. He, I, I think I let him tap out. Uh, he got three items. I let him tap out about halfway through <laughs> the last item. 
Uh, I would assume he had had enough. Uh, this was akin to, you know, you always hear about the kid that gets caught smoking, so the parent makes him smoke a whole pack. <laughs> uh, that I never had that trouble with him, but that was definitely that moment for him that in that Taco Bell parking lot, like fucking 8 in the morning. I, I don't think I've actually – I remember when it started, and I, I remember I kind of wanted to try their uh, waffle uh, – or not sorry, their taco waffle mm. with, with sausage or something, whatever the hell it was. Uh, I don't think I've actually ever had any any breakfast from Taco Bell besides their uh, little Cinnabon things that they I've, have. Yeah, I've heard it's gotten better. I have heard. Um, you know, a big disclaimer. Like I said, that was the absolute first morning it rolled out here in North Carolina. It's been years, <laughs> so may I've heard good things lately. Uh, that's great. You won't see me there, but you know, enjoy. Well, as for me, I think my all-time top three is going to be uh, the uh, Egg McMuffin with mm. no Canadian mm. bacon. Oh, that's right. You brought that up before. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was ostracized from the chat for a month. But, yes, I I do not like the uh, the Canadian bacon. So just a, a regular fucking just Egg McMuffin with uh, fucking eggs and cheese. That's, that's mm-hmm. what I go with. Mm-hmm. I don't have... Um, Bojangles here, so the closest that I can get to that really, and it's not even a good comparison, is a Hardee's uh, slash Carl's Jr. They have some pretty decent uh, biscuit and egg sausage kind of things I going on. I do like on. a Hardee's breakfast. That is a good point. I totally they, blanked out on, on Hardee's. That was the original That was the original chicken biscuit for me. That was the chicken biscuit stop yeah, they, years I mean, ago. It ain't bad. Uh, their chicken biscuits aren't great these days, but just, yeah. you know, they're... Uh, they've even got a really good croissant, uh, egg and cheese, ham, whatever. That stuff's pretty good. Besides that, the rest of Carl's Jr.'s and, and Hardee's is not great at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for maybe number three, God, you know, I, I think I'd probably have to go with McGriddle. Uh, There's there a very dark time in my life a few years ago where McDonald's had a thing going on where you would buy one, get one free. <laughs> And every morning I would go there and be like, well, I'm basically losing money if I don't get a McGrill. <laughs> you're losing you're losing uh, days off your life if you are, though. <laughs> yeah, and that was the thing. I, I couldn't find – I was like, you know, I could get an Egg McMuffin or I could get two of these sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles for the same price. Like, what what am I doing if I don't buy that? I'm literally just throwing money away. So I'd walk back into my apartment – and just be kind of looking at these, just like, what did I do? And then I'd eat both of them, along with the the, the <laughs> potato that came with it, or the hash brown. Oh, the hash brown's the best part. Yeah, I know, but after <laughs> yes. you eat two two sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles, you're, you're kind of just staring at that that hash brown, just like, what monster have I become at this point? Like, I can't I can't eat that. And then you just eat it and suck, <laughs> suck down the rest of that orange juice and just live with yourself for the rest of the day. Uh, but yeah, that that's kind of. I, I think if I if I had a Bojangles around, I would literally be there every single morning. It's hard that, not to. It, it's uh, so close to me. It's, so uh, it's pretty yeah. great. Uh, if if anyone would like to be a franchise franchisee at a, a Bojangles and bring mm-hmm. that to Indianapolis, please do so. Mm-hmm. I will be your number one customer. I'll um, be there every day. Anyone on Patreon, uh, you know, instead of recommending a video game, just uh, recommend food episodes. <laughs> we'll be there for your Taco Bell episode. Yes, uh, we, know, we will order the entire menu and just sit here <laughs> and eat it live on the podcast. 
Give, give our thoughts. We can just have a mukbang here, right here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is dangerous because this is how that Tiger LCD episode happened. Yeah, basically. Yeah, but I think uh, anyway. a breakfast food episode would be much better. Before we leave breakfast food, I have to ask, though, guys, now that we've all mentioned that McDonald's has oh, some of our favorite breakfast foods, how many times have you honestly gone there now that they have breakfast all day and order breakfast after breakfast? Because my answer is zero times. I was so excited about it. Uh, my grand total is zero times also. I talked a good game, though. I talked a heavy game leading up. I had made plans of, you know, breakfast for dinner. You know, it's, it's I'm, I'm coming home. Uh, I'm, I'm bringing, you know, I'm bringing those fucking McMuffins with me. I never, never have purchased any kind of breakfast there outside of regular. I mean, I'm still with him. I, it's not like I'm even getting there at 1101. I, you know, I'm still getting my breakfast at regular breakfast hours. I, I did this. I was so excited about it, and then I've never done it once. I've tried to, and I've got up to the, the you know, the, the order thing. I was like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm just like, give me a Big Mac. Give me a number two. You know, I can't, I just can't go through with it because... I guess in my head, I just see those people just back there being like, this motherfucker wants an egg McMuffin at 8 yeah. p.m. Yeah. And I got to go back here and crack a fucking egg over this goddamn griddle. Yeah, because it ain't powdered eggs. I'll tell no, you No, you got to, they got to clean that shit off <laughs> and you got to wait like five minutes. So they're going to tell you to go to the little space up there so you can wait. It's like, this just isn't worth it. So it's, you know, yeah, two cheeseburgers combo right there at 8 p.m. instead of the breakfast. Uh, but yes. Uh, fast food breakfast is, is near and dear to my heart. Anyway, our last email comes in from Trevor Williard, Trevor Willis, and he's writing in about his favorite co-op games. And I'm going to apologize now if we have actually answered this before. This sounds familiar, but I can't honestly expect anyone to actually listen to all like 1,000 of our podcasts before and, and not know. As a kid, my favorite gaming experiences came from co-op games. Games like Smash TV and Rescue Rangers defined my childhood and continue mm. to be one of the few things I still even remember from it. You all have mentioned a love for co-op gaming before on here, but I don't think you've ever gone into detail as to what your personal favorites are. So out with it, Retrovaniacs. What's your favorite games to play co-op with friends? Before I answer this question, Trevor, I do want to apologize that this question was right after the breakfast question. I would say my favorite co-op <laughs> games are easily uh, like the, the classic Nintendo two-player games. You know, Contra is great. Jackal is amazing two-player game. Um, I really like River City Ransom. My, my favorite thing mm. with two-player games is they have to not allow you to hurt each other. Uh, I mm -hmm. think you can in River City Ransom, but that game is kind of funky, and, and you can get far enough away from each other. That shouldn't be a problem. But but that's what stops a game like uh, Double Dragon or, or one of those to be on my top list. I still like playing those, but the fact that you could accidentally hurt your opponent or hurt your partner it damages that to me for some in some ways, especially trying to play it with a brother who would fight with you constantly, which is what I had growing up. So games where you could play and be on the same team and not accidentally kill each other, uh, bonuses. So yeah, all those, all those classic... Uh, Konami two-player games, hands down, still my favorites. It, it is a little hard to think after that breakfast question, isn't it? Uh, favorite co-op of mine that comes to mind is the Cajun Filet Biscuit with the fucking bow rats. <laughs> that, that's mine. That is my favorite. But, Do you um, remember when we ate that together? Like just, it just I, We fed that to each other, co-op style? That's right. That co-op style. I, it, was, it was wonderful. Um, <laughs> uh, my, he, he nailed one of mine right there. Love Smash TV. 
uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Uh, if we want to go forward a little bit, like a 360 era or so, I loved playing uh, you know, games like Left 4 Dead. I really enjoyed that one. My all-time favorite, though, I've spoke about this a few times, mostly because this was the, fa- the game my father and I jammed on every single time. It's just that original NES Contra. I, I still think few games do it better than you know that Contra. Uh, maybe Contra Three is is a step up of, above that one, just because you know it, it adds in a few more elements into it and some Mode Seven too. Uh, that's very important as we learned in this episode. Uh, yeah, de- definitely Contra, my favorite, just because all the memories I have tied in with that. Uh, Double Dragon Two. Uh, that was a favorite with my cousin and I. We we did Rescue Rangers also, uh, but you know we we've spoke before that Rescue Rangers could could break up a friendship. Uh, it it sent us many a nights on spells of not talking to each other for you know five or ten minutes, however long kids go with uh, you know without talking before they patch things up. But yeah, that's just a, a handful of mine, uh, and that's something I'm trying to really get back into lately. You know, around the house, uh, you know, with my girlfriend here, now that I'm actually home, uh, we've been kind of looking into some co-op games and and sometime, you know, we'll get the kid around and and find some three-player ones on the Switch. Uh, Yeah, finding a good one is awful hard, though. Really is. Um, Especially with kids involved. Ruin everything. Well, I I will say from experience that that Streets of Rage 4, super fun multiplayer, even though it's Mm. kind of chaotic Mm. and super good, but also Luigi's Ghost House. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> AKA Luigi's Mansion Three is some of the best two-player co-op I've played in years. I, I, yeah, I have probably mentioned it before, but uh, yeah, definitely Contra. Like Billy, that was the game that I played with my dad maybe the mm-hmm. most back on the NES days. Dads uh, love Contra. I, I, it was that. It was really that game uh, that we played the most, and uh, a lot of good memories of. of getting pretty damn far in that game with, with someone that wasn't very good with at video games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, like things like rescue Rangers, uh, even the game that we covered a few weeks ago or uh, last podcast, secret of mana, love that game, playing that with my cousin, but I got to get real here and mention one of my absolute favorite co-op gaming experiences with a game that probably isn't worth playing. And that was that weird time that me and Billy sat through the entirety of Mercs 2. Mercs 2! Oh, holy shit. Possibly d- one of the most broken games I have ever played. Uh, let me tell you a little tale. Uh, there were two things that stand out about it. I think we sat down and played through that entire game. Yes, the entire game co-op. Um, And I just remember there's a video out there. It might, it, it might still be on YouTube of me clipping through the floor. Yes, I, I still have that on my <laughs> portion of time. <laughs> Um, the thing that stands out the most is there was a mission. There was a rooftop rescue. Yes. Uh, and it was Jeremy, it was myself. Um, uh, did Ronnie get involved with that? No, it was just me and you on that was one. Was it just two? Okay. Um, and, you know, you make it to, you fight. I had a long-ass fight to get to this rooftop to, to yes. rescue this guy. He's up there, you know, he's waving his arms. Uh, we get up there finally. And... Um, I mean, the game was very ambitious, as in, you know, you had, you figured out how to get up there. There was no clear, you figured that shit out, whether you scaled that building or you, you know, where you were in an aircraft and, and jumped down, you were going to make it up there. Uh, we got up there, uh, and the guy that we were rescuing, I don't think this was part of the programming, as it's intended, 
proceeded to run and jump off the roof. <laughs> yes. This jump was straight after, off like, the roof rather than be rescued. Like, Ten times of us trying this. Like we had, this was, we were completely done with this game up, up to this because it had taken like <laughs> multiple tries to get up there and not die. And then we did it and he was there and he just turned around and he jumped off the side of the building and died and we failed the mission. Yeah. And I Could think be. that was maybe the most insane that I have ever seen. Billy just stopped talking. <laughs> and there, I don't know what happened. But it, it was just it was just silence on the other end. Well, I just I, I didn't I didn't get my safety deposit back at that apartment. I'll just tell you that much. It was it was the worst co-op experience I think I've ever had in my entire life. But it was probably one of my favorite just because oh, yeah. of how bad it was. And us, it, it didn't help that we finally got to the last boss after hours of going through <laughs> this game, and the entire boss fight was a quick time game. <laughs> Like there was nothing co-op about you. It was just press this button, get you're done. It was so insulting. The whole game was just awful. But it's one of the most, one of those co-op experiences that I will I will never forget because mm-hmm. one we played through the entire fucking like twenty hour game of, of the whole thing like together and experienced every single awful thing, including that fucking monster truck rally track that we had to get around, mm-hmm. uh, the rooftop mission mission and the the boss. It was just terrible, but mm-hmm. that was probably one of my favorite co-op missions. I, I or, tried. I, I I don't know if I told you. Not, I tried to purchase that for you on PC a couple years ago, uh, but apparently the online functionality oh is no longer working. I, I was gonna. We were gonna do it again. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, so as of right now, they have my petition to add it back in. I'm just you know I'm trying to get the signatures. I've got I've got one. Uh, we're going to try to go from there. God, I, I can't even imagine. I, I honestly wonder what it would be like to, to try to play that game again. Uh, anyway, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for writing in. That's going to do it for questions this uh, this week. And uh, if you want to write in, just go to Retrovania.net. Uh, there's a uh, contact form. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's mm. at the bottom of the screen. There's apparently people on iTunes that haven't heard of it. Go to the bottom. Scroll all the way to the bottom. Fill that out. Let us know whatever you want, and we'll probably answer it right here on the podcast. We've also got multiple different ways that you can uh, write in that uh, Jeremy will probably tell us about right now. That's true. On that same website, Retrovania, there's links to our social media accounts, but you can also find us on those directly by searching Retrovania.net on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you'll find, uh, find us pretty quickly. You can send messages that way, but the best is that question form. Otherwise, we will see you in two weeks with another amazing game. 